So a very warm welcome uh, to you here at NCBC. I've got to tell you, I can't wait for us all to be together again. Uh, but nevertheless, isn't it good that uh, the Lord has created uh, this sort of technology to allow us to speak? If, uh, if you haven't met me before, my name is um, Steve Gaskin. That sounds very egocentric, but it's not. The, uh, why I'm pleased to uh, introduce myself is that I've had the privilege of being at NCBC now for over uh, 10 years. I was introduced to NCBC by one of our uh, former pastors, James East, and uh, it has been life changing for me, particularly around uh, evangelism. So I'm going to talk to you today about, as part of our series, which is Forward in Our Faith. Whether you're a new Christian or an old Christian, or whether you're uh, Mr. Peter Barnes, a very old Christian from our church, we have to move further forward in our faith. We can't stand still. Jesus certainly didn't stand still, and we mustn't. So what's quite interesting, really, is we can take uh, great heed uh, from the Bible, we can look at a passage, we can look at a verse, and sometimes when we look at that, a passage or a verse, that gives us great inspiration. I've really uh, stepped out in faith and I've taken a whole chapter uh, to look at, and that is Acts 27. Those that know me well know that uh, one of my big inspirations is uh, St Paul, and I've uh, written quite a lot around um, sermon series, around the voyages, and the journeys of St Paul but this is slightly different. Talking of voyages uh, one of the things that I hope never ever happens to you and one of the things I've got a huge huge fear about is this. hope that no one's had to endure that sort of voyage but I think that's more than just a, a ship being tossed around that is uh, really like a uh, uh, the journey that we're going on in our life and to be quite honest with you that is a can be described as a spiritual storm in some ways we're trying to go forward but all the time we're being tossed and turned and in that situation if I was on that boat I would just be praying to God that God would give me the right direction. And this very, very much comes out in uh, the chapter that we're about to read. Acts 27, Paul sails for Rome. And when it was decided that they should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. And embarking in a ship of Adriatium, which was about to sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea, accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. The next day we put, into, we put in at Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly, and gave him leave to go to his friends and be cared for. And putting out to sea, they were sailed under the lee of Cyprus, because the winds were against us. And when we had sailed across the open sea, along the coast of Sicilia, and Pamphylia, we came to Myra in Lycia. There the centurion found a ship of Alexander sailing for Italy and put us aboard. We sailed slowly for a number of days, 
and arrived with difficulty off Snidus. And as the wind did not allow us to go farther, we sailed under the lee of Crete off Salome. Coasting along it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens, near which was the city of Lassia. Since much time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous, becoming even the uh, was now dangerous because even the fast was already over. Paul advised them, saying, "Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only the cargo of the ship but also of our lives." But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said, and because the harbour was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there on the chance that, some, that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbour of Crete facing both southwest and northwest and spend the winter there. Now when the south wind blew gently, supposing they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to the shore, but soon a tempestuous wind called the northeast struck down from the land, and when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along, running under the lee of a small island called Corda, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. After hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship. Then, fearing that they would run aground off Cytus, they lowered the gear and thus they were driven along. Since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo and on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us. All hope of being saved was, a, was at last abandoned. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For that very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I've been told. But we must run aground on some island. When the 14th night had come, and as they were being driven across the Adriatic Sea around about midnight, the sailors suspected they were nearing land. So they took a sounding and found 20 fathoms. A little farther on, they took a sounding again and found 15 fathoms. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for the day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under the pretense of laying out anchors from below, Paul said to the centurion and soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. As day was about to, to dawn, Paul, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, today is the 14th day that you've continued in suspense without having food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food for it will give you strength for not a hair is to perish from your head or any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. 
we were in all 276 persons in the ship. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out wheat into the sea. Now, when it was day, they did not recognise the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea, at the same time loosening the ropes and they tied to the rudders. Then hoisting the foresail to the wind, they made for the beach, but striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow struck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered them, he ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land, and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was they were brought safely to land. So exactly what is that rather long passage telling us? It is a long passage, but for me what it does do, it teases out uh, quite a few things. I'll go back to what I originally said, have you guys faced a spiritual storm? I know that I have uh, on many occasions, and what do we actually do? Uh, you know, it's easy to say, isn't it, to fall back. Do we fall back on our own strength, or do we look for real, real uh, guidance from the Lord? I don't know about you, I think um, if I was to have kept a diary of every time that I have some problems uh, and I do look for God's guidance, it is the diary would show when I actually do that rather than my own thoughts, the evidence would simply speak for itself. It was quite obvious that Paul was no ordinary prisoner because we can see from scripture that he was given many, many privileges. And in fact, at the end of the day, putting it simplistically, he shone uh, above the rest and people listened to him. And, you know, in terms of guidance, that's one of the reasons we need to get guidance from the Lord is that so that we can guide others. So we can be a guide to others and be a beacon of light uh, to other people that have not met uh, the Lord yet. The other thing that this passage team uh, teases out is that they were all listening to the majority. How many times have we done that? I've certainly done that in my secular life and uh, you know sometimes I regret having done that. The fact is that the majority don't know what the will of God is for you or for me and that's what this is very much about. This is very much a personal thing between us and Jesus about the guidance that the Lord uh, can give us. It's also about those that listen and that those that don't. That's very, very simple. And in some ways, you can excuse uh, what the uh, centurion uh, was thinking. You know, does he listen to Paul the prisoner, or does he live at, live, uh, or does he listen uh, to the captain and owner of the boat? Well, at the end of the day, uh, that was the best thing to do. And I think that's a stark reminder uh, for us to make sure that we don't listen to the majority, we listen to the Lord and no one else. This is how uh, Spurgeon puts it in, uh, in in fairly strong terms, but excuse me while I just look over to that. This is what Spurgeon says about this passage. You may have calm at a moment and a storm at the next, unless you protect uh, against it from above and your confidence is something more stable than can be found here on this world, he says, well, woe betide you. 
uh, sometime it will be it will be well to yield to the stress of the circumstances. If you have struggled hard, and I certainly have, and some of you would have struggled hard, and can do no more, it, it is well to leave the result with God. So, what do we do about that? I'm going to talk uh, in this very very short talk about meditation. Uh, it's rather a strange word, but I think meditation. Uh, encompasses everything that we should uh, we should be doing with the Lord and it's things like speaking listening feeding on the word uh, looking at our spiritual inner being what are we actually doing for the for the Lord and actually isn't it our focus of both our life our life and soul I would just like to uh, touch on three aspects of this passage uh, that I believe that uh, God is talking to me about and that is listening, speaking and seeking guidance. You will notice that with all three of these is I'm not going to tell you how to listen to the Lord, I'm not going to tell you how to speak to the Lord and I'm not going to tell you how to seek guidance from the Lord. All I'm going to do is I'm merely going to illustrate by example and I'm also going to illustrate by most importantly is what scripture says in business probably one of the most important lessons uh for uh for me is trying to work out what is it that the customer wants if you get that right uh then you are going to sell a lot of product uh, or you're going to please your customer in other words, we need to look at for a customer what's in it for him or her. So what's in it for us about listening, speaking and seeking guidance uh, from uh, the Lord? In terms of listening outside of this passage, the Bible gives uh, plenty of examples where Jesus, by example, listens to the Lord. And what happened in Gethsemane uh, before, shortly before he went to the cross? Is he asks his disciples to be with him uh, and uh, you know and, and support him in prayer and what do they do or what do we do fell asleep we fell asleep and sometimes I feel myself maybe going to sleep and drifting off when I should in fact be listening to the Lord in verse 11 Paul says and I'm going to read from it says I perceive that the voyage will be injury and much loss not only uh, the cargo of the ship, but also our lives. Uh, they decided to put out to sea and somehow uh, reach the port. And that is somehow. So what is that somehow? Uh, the somehow should be channeled in to actually uh, listening to the Lord. And uh, we know that in this case, the centurion Julius um, eventually paid attention to the Lord, but it paid more attention as I said earlier on about the uh, majority and you know we don't need to go with the majority we are uh, Christians and what, we are Christians and we're Christians together that's why we pray together we're a fellowship together and when I'm going to talk about uh, guidance and seeking guidance from each other uh, just in one minute but their lives were being decided by snap decisions well that doesn't happen with the lord we do need to be in an attitude of listening to the lord and sometimes we're not going to get that full picture uh, in one 
uh, we would like to. How often have we prayed to the Lord, please, Lord, tell me uh, what to do. We might not get the overall picture. We might get that uh, in, smaller in smaller chunks. You can see there that, um, you know, the, the ship is being uh, tossed around and uh, it's bad times, but of course, good times come and the Lord always uh, has something to say to us in terms of uh, listening in good times and bad. Here we have that storm and we know that we can rely uh, on the Lord in bad times. And I think that's where we, uh, we tend to fall down a bit, or in my case, quite a lot and quite often to be frank uh, but also in good times the Lord is with us and sometimes I think we forget that so we're being tossed around or if we're in a spiritual storm I think we do need to remember that the Lord is always with us and why is that it's simply this it's because he loves us so much and isn't that the nice thing about being a Christian he's always by our side we have that Holy Spirit uh, within us uh, where we are given uh, the huge privilege of praying to the Lord and listening to the Lord. For example, I love that part in our baptisms in the, uh, in the Baptist church where uh, the minister will say, as you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I don't think we should forget that because that is uh, one of these fantastic gifts uh, that we've been given uh, to be able to uh, talk to the Lord. Uh, freely by uh, by listening to the to the Lord it does move us away from our own thoughts that again is so easy to fall into that trap but by listening to the Lord everything will come clear and the Bible makes that very very clear that eventually everything will uh, come clear if I may, I'd like to give you a, a personal example. What would have happened to me 27 years ago had, and you know, in our own Christian lives, for me it was 27 years ago, had we not listened to the Lord? Look what I would have missed. Uh, I would have missed scripture. I would have missed prayer. And I would have missed that opportunity of having a personal relationship uh, with the Lord that has changed my life. It's changed your life uh, for the better. We're not perfect, but by listening to the Lord, it will simply change our life. But I'm going to say this a number of times, but still, I'm not going to tell you how to listen to the Lord. That is a matter between you and the Lord. When we speak to the Lord, what is the most common thing that we do? I would suggest that that is very, very much uh, prayer. So one of the things I've been thinking deeply about this week is what should we pray for? What should I pray for? And it boils down to this, everything. We should pray to the Lord for ourselves, our friends, our family, uh, for guidance in our life, for our marriages, for our personal relationships, for our health and everything. We really do need to speak and we have that fantastic opportunity, that holy opportunity of speaking to God any time we like. So let me use this analogy. We are blessed in uh, this church to support the work of Four Cs, uh, which is a fantastic counselling service 
which has broadened and blossomed over the years and we're very very lucky uh, to have it what happens during those counseling sessions is that uh, the counselor and the client will speak to each other what comes out of that uh, is it a shipwreck is the person cast uh, cast away from the lord no the answer is not they may have had shipwrecks in their life but by speaking to god a lot of people from um, four seas will go away having had the benefit of listening to a christian counselor uh, through speech the most important thing i want to say uh, my friends in this talk is this we all have the opportunity of having our own counselor our own personal counselor and that is jesus this is something that is not offered to people that are not christians we have the opportunity of spending a lot of time uh, with the lord it can be life-saving it can save lives as it has in terms of saving lives is when that opportunity comes by speaking to the lord and you say i want to invite you lord uh, into my life everything changes this invisible but very this invisible but firm connection between us and the lord is also a fantastic testimony when it comes to uh, speaking and talking about evangelism sometimes it's quite difficult uh, to get across our point but how powerful is that saying i have a person in my life to whom i have a personal relationship and it has made a huge difference to us so for me that is the most important thing about forward in our faith and that is not to forget that we have this personal uh, counselor that saves lives it's certainly you know without putting too fine a point on it it's it, you know i've seen it save lives you've seen it save lives and uh, it will continue to do so by having a personal relationship so by having this relationship what does you know some of our earthly problems what does it de uh, defray stress depression uh finance how do we uh, uh you know how do we go further forward in our relationship we've got problems in our marriage how do we use our personal counselor to make our lives that much richer and the reason why it's so good is because god wants the best for us uh, he always wants the best for us do you know over the years uh, in a similar vein i've had the opportunity and this is important by uh, demonstration i've had the opportunity of um, speaking to people from hebron house and uh, running oddly uh, it's, it's weird how the uh, lord works is running uh, some martial arts courses and i've witnessed people that have been smashed and shipwrecked um by usually by domestic violence i have to say and domestic abuse but at the end of the day through speaking to the lord these women have come out the other end and some have become christians uh, and indeed i read a lovely case about uh, someone that's been a client is now working uh, at hebron so it's great to see how the uh, lord has worked looking at this passage um, from scripture in verse 34 and i'll read it it says we're told that paul suggests that they have food as they've not eaten for two weeks he said this will uh, give you strength for not a hair on your head will per perish and in verse 36 it says they were encouraged in the same way we can be encouraged by speaking to the lord 
even if we haven't done so for a while. In this case, um, the 14 days of food uh, that they hadn't had uh, for us is, um, and when they did eat, for us that is spiritual food uh, that can nourish us. It can take us through a minute, it can take us uh, through an hour, and it can take us through uh, the whole day. He's always with us and he loves us always. Uh, we can listen and we can talk to God anytime we like. So the Lord uh, continues to serve and guide us. My final point is uh, on seeking guidance. The whole of the Bible uh, is a guide and a huge stronghold in our lives. Uh, the question is, is what part of our lives do we seek guidance from Jesus? Do we seek guidance for our entire lives or just a portion of it? Paul's on a journey for his whole life and sought guidance for all of it. And it wasn't an easy journey, as we know. And in fact, in the Bible, uh, God guarantees uh, as Christians that, uh, you know, life is not going to be easy for us. So when I talk about meditation, that is listening, taking, seeking guidance and feeding on the word of the, uh, the, word of the Lord. We can only do that by setting time aside to be in the presence of the Lord. Uh, people that are more cool than me, I've heard them. Uh, use the expression hanging out uh, with the Lord. On a serious note, this is so powerful, um, our time with the Lord, isn't it? I suggest that it is the most loving relationship that can be seen on the planet. And you know, Satan will do everything in his power to stop us having time uh, with the Lord. It's very, very easy, you know, in our secular lives, we can be busy. Uh, what I've started to try and do is to get a regular pattern of spending time uh, with the Lord. Acts 27 is all about action. We, I, uh, need to take action to set time uh, aside to be with the Lord. And a question I've asked myself, and uh, maybe uh, you can ask yourselves this, is how highly, it's a bit like a survey, how highly do we rate this activity? Well, the reality is, and you know, I failed, uh, isn't this? It is the most important thing. It's that relationship, that personal relationship, where we can seek guidance uh, from the Lord. We can also, you know, how do we know that this is a good thing, seeking guidance? Well, throughout the Bible, you can see that Jesus uh, spent time talking to the Father. You know, that is a great example for us. And also we see Paul uh, seeking guidance all the time. And what is so good, and I want to remind us all about Paul, is, you know, Paul persecuted Christians and then went on to be, um, you know, one of, and wrote so much in the Bible, went on to be uh, a really good servant of the Lord. And so we should really try and mirror uh, that behaviour. I'm going to say this again, uh, we're not interested in majority guidance, we only want to take guidance from the Lord, the voice of one I call it, the voice of one and no one else. Immediately we become Christians, we have the opportunity, don't we, to get this advice on tap, on tap. And throughout the uh, last few weeks, 
as I come to talk to you about this, I keep thinking, guide thee, O thou great redeemer. You know, that is, uh, you know, a, a fantastic uh, Baptist hymn, and that should really be uh, a great mantra uh, for us. I said that I'm not going to give you any personal advice in this. What I've tried to do is to be guided by the Lord in this uh, short talk. But I personally use uh, Nicky Gumbel's uh, Bible in one year. Uh, it's a very, very short devotion and uh, it opens up different uh, things for us to focus on in our real lives here on earth. Today, for instance, and it couldn't be better for someone like me, it's the seven characteristics of a good leader as taken from the Bible. So that's, isn't that a good thing to reflect on? You know, it doesn't have to be a whole chapter like, uh, you know, I've been meditating on and I've been preparing uh, today's talk on. Finally, what I want to talk about is I believe, um, I believe that our church is inspired by the Holy Spirit. We have a fantastic fellowship, don't we? Populated by children of God. That is why we have house groups, we have elders, we have deacons, uh, we've got people that have been looking after us uh, during this lockdown. And soon, uh, by God's grace, we will get a new pastor. But when was the last time that uh, we actually spoke to an elder, a deacon, a member of our house group, to seek guidance? They are fellow Christians. And uh, they are all, uh, as I said earlier on, they're inspired uh, by the Holy Spirit. Hear me very clearly here, it's Jesus that we have our personal relationship with, but we can seek guidance from people within our fellowship, as we saw Paul inspiring others on this journey. Paul was shipwrecked in Acts 27, uh, which was Malta. I've been to Malta many times, and um, some of you would know, or most of you would know, that in Malta there is a bay called St Paul's Bay. One morning I was inspired to go fishing, uh, which was actually quite a big mistake because uh, I was out on the sea, very, very calm sea, uh, for about an hour and a half, and it was very, very tranquil. And I caught one fish. I was so excited as I reeled it up. Um, the boatman said to me, that's a poisonous fish. Uh, don't touch it, throw it back. And in fact, he cut the line and let it go and I threw it back in the sea. When we meditate and we spend time with the Lord, that is never ever gonna be poisonous advice, like the poisonous fish uh, that I saw. And he certainly doesn't cast us away. Moving forward in our faith, we need to seek God's guidance. I need to seek God's guidance on a regular basis so we can nurture that loving relationship that has been given to us uh, by grace and we need to nurture that relationship day by day and Lord we thank you so much that we have the opportunity of listening to you speaking to you and seeking guidance from you amen let us pray Lord I thank you so much that you've given us so many tools to listen speak and seek guidance from you we have the Bible we can meditate on a a word of scripture, a verse of scripture, a passage, and we have the whole Bible there. We thank you so much that um, we don't deserve 
any of this you've given it to us by grace and that is represented by jesus dying for us on the cross because he loved us so much we thank you so much that we are empowered by the holy spirit uh, so we have this opportunity to listen to you to talk to you and seek guidance and we ask as individuals and fellowship and uh, through our fellowship that you will guide us now and forevermore thank you very much lord we do love you so much amen <laughs>